Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth. And I've been given a gift. You have been given a gift? I've been given two gifts, precisely. So a family friend has given me first two Homestuck books in print. Oh, fantastic. It's very fancy, and I very much like it because now I can do these recordings without putting myself in any epileptic danger. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's good. I will say these books are very well made, and at the bottom of every page there's like a little author's note from Andrew Hussey. Every page? Do elaborate. Not every page in the comic. Every page on the book has either one to, like, four pages of comic on there. And on every page of the book, there is an author's note. And Ari, have you been enjoying those author's notes, Liz? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Have I? (laughs) Have they changed your opinion at all of Andrew Hussey? Some for the better and some for the worst, let's say that. Mm. Mm. I do have to say, if you are a person who has never read Homestuck before, you might want to read through all of Homestuck before purchasing the book and reading the author's notes, because there are many spoilers in the author's notes. That seems inadvisable for books that are just, you know, can be purchased by the average pre-Homestuck person. I know! Because on one of the pages, he he gives away a really big spoiler about Vriska. What? I am definitely not seeing if these books are uh, carried by any bookseller near me. No. Oh, Elizabeth, don't you dare! (laughs) I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. These author's notes range from just being kind of funny to having some generally good facts with them to calling out shippers. <laughs> yeah, you did mention that that one. That was uh, an interesting take for an author to include in official merchandise. I do have to read this one because it's really good. Mm-hmm. On page 171 of the book, but it's on page 1023 of the comic. It's just a John Rose pester log. A normal pester log between the two of them. And Andrew Hussey says, Are your shipping fires stoked yet? Let's face it, this is a bland ship. The first boy and girl introduced into the story? Please, buying into the ship is kind of jumping the gun. Like when a shareholder sells off Stock at the first sign of trouble. John X. Rose is a ship for the nervous investor. <laughs> Which is really funny to me. It's it's beautiful, honestly. Because it's true. Yeah, and I and I will say, just to I guess clear everybody's conscience on this, on a Jade and John conversation, page one thousand. 160 in the book. This is the Act 3 Homestuck book. He he says a lot of things in this author's note, but the most important one is that when he addresses John calling the trolls the R-word, Hussey says that's pretty ableist of him. I am going to think the best of this in this situation to think that 
Andrew Hussey said that sincerely and not as like a sarcastic thing making fun of people who take offense with the R word. My sense is that if he actually used the word ableist, like, that's actually a good sign. I've seen some people on the internet being like, oh, do you think that's ableist? Like, they use Ugh. it like a, an insult or something. Yeah. But then Hussey immediately goes up and says, who knew a 13-year-old kid could be such a jerk? So I assume Andrew Hussey is just doing this, it j uses that word because 13-year-olds are douchebags. Yeah. So that, that answers that question at the very least. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a comfort um, to those of us reading Homestuck and making a podcast about Homestuck and are talking about issues such as these. We, we appreciate that particular author's note. The author's note is giving me, like, a really good insight on Hussey's actual voice, because Andrew Hussey does not go on many interviews and such, so it's hard to get his, like, his genuine opinion on something. Mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to shift my perception to Andrew Hussey is not, like, the worst person in the world, but maybe just is not aware that he's doing it, but when you tell him about it, he isn't that much of an asshole about it because there was that whole s the the we we did not record on the day this happened, but there was the whole Skynet thing that came out where there was a really anti-Semitic thing in Skynet. Yeah, then it was like written a while ago, and then he actually responded and in in a pretty good way, like acknowledging that. It was anti-Semitic and bad and not only, like, did it, quote, not age well or whatever, but it shouldn't have been written in the first place and kind of a surprising amount of, I don't know whether honesty is the right term, but at least, like, acknowledgement that, yeah, this was bad. It was a tactful apology. Yes. Which is good because some a lot of times when authors do shitty stuff like this, you'll get like a non-apology. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm I'm glad that at least he didn't try to like put it onto somebody else. He said, "No, this was super my fault. I should have a not written it and b had someone proofread it." Maybe. Yep. So so we're we're feeling a little better about Andrew Hussey right now, though. I will ask Liz, are you planning on apologizing to Andrew Hussey for saying he has a chalk-eating fetish? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I think this man has so many fetishes that we don't know about. I can't even speculate on all of the fetishes he has. I think he has at least one fetish that I have accused him of. Uh, no, you've accused him of two. Yeah, I don't know which one he has, we all know he has a Vriska fetish. We right, all know right. he has a Vriska fetish. That's- that's- uh, That's canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as your fetishes are confined in a space where all of the adults involved are consenting to the act, I don't care what your <laughs> fetish is. As long as you are all adults, mm -hmm. and you aren't in public, and you aren't hurting anybody, that's a fine fetish. I don't care. Yeah. Even if it may or may not involve Riska. I ask that your fetishes do not involve Riska because she is a fictional underage girl. Yes, there's some issues with that in particular. But otherwise... Please don't fetishize children. <laughs> that is a request. I'd like it if you didn't. Literally, everyone should make and everyone should keep to. But other than that... I'm, I am actually a little relieved that Andrew Hussey isn't as big of a scumbag as I thought he was when I returned to Homestuck. That's very comforting to me, mostly because I do find Homestuck funny at a lot of points in time. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you find out that the creator is horrible, and then it's like, well, now I feel bad for ever liking this media, but... Now that that's not completely absolved because Andrew Hussey is weird as fuck, <laughs> but it's a little bit better. Just a tinge. At, at least he has more tact than J.K. Rowling, and that's fine. That's all I ask for. I feel like back in whatever it was, 2009, I don't think anyone would be saying 
at least Andrew Hussey has more tact than J.K. Rowling, but here we are, ten years later. Andrew Hussey never went back to write a subplot for imprisoning an an Asian woman into a snake. Yeah. He never did that. Strange standards we have. And we need to give him credit for that, (laughs) because he never did that. That's true, he never did that. You know, he just, he has an edge. The standards of 2019 are remarkably, are remarkably low. I will point out one author's note that we haven't come up in the story yet, but I'm only pointing it out now because I don't think we'll have a chance to talk about it later. But there's a goof with Bill Cosby in one of the later pages. The first author's note talks about how funny Bill Cosby is. Oh no. And then there's a second addendum that says, years later edit, haha, let's politely sidestep the fact that he's now better known as a serial rapist than a good father. Haha, what sex crimes spanning five decades? Haha, wow, moving on. So we know at least Andrew Hussey does not like serial rapists. Again, kind of a low bar, but I'm glad that he he makes he checks that box as well. Anyway, I I Liz completely endorse the print versions of Homestuck. They are uh, handled very well. It's still better to watch the sound files, but it's it's a pretty good book otherwise. Yeah, and especially if you do have an uh, epilepsy or a light sensitive condition of any kind like Liz does, you're better off with the books since obviously there aren't the flashing pages that you get in the webcomic. Yeah, I know. I was I was given the books up to Act 3 as a gift, but I think I'm actually going to go pick up the Act 4 one and the Trolls one when it comes out, just because we did a reading session with me reading the, the print book and Elizabeth reading the web version, and it was a pretty good experience, I think. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. At the, at the top of each page, it tells you what pages you're looking at if you were looking at the comic on the website. So that's nice. Uh, So it's really easy to keep track of which page you're on if you're reading with a friend online. By the way, we're not sponsored by this book or anything. (laughs) We do say at the beginning of every show to support Homestuck where you can. This is a pretty good way to support it. Yeah, and I mean, if they did want to sponsor us. Mm, mm. We did call Hussy racist. We did point out some racist things that happen in the comic. I haven't gone back yet to look to see what he said about those specific comments, but I might later and we can talk about that later. But but for now, we are not sponsored. Just if you want to support Homestuck or you just want the comic to carry around with you in book form, it's a pretty good version. Anyway, let's talk about the pages we read today. Yes. What do you think of the mutant kitten? The mutant kitten is so cute. Oh my gosh. Literally every panel where the mutant kitten was playing with Rose's scarf. I loved how Rose pretended she wasn't gonna care and then immediately bonded to the kitten of her life and was like carrying it around everywhere and it was beautiful. Is is Vodka Mutini your new favorite character? Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of characters, I enjoyed Rose more this session. I think I said this in like, it must have been episode one, episode two, something like that. I like Rose better when she sort of drops the pretentious front that she has going. Sort of like when when Dave drops his ironic front, I guess. It, when like Rose just sort of acts like a kid and lets herself be a little silly and not have to be so uptight and competitive all the time, then I like her a lot better, I would say. And I feel like we got a little more of that side of her. I feel like when she's alone, you see more of, like, real Rose. Yes, for sure. Then she doesn't feel like she has to perform for her, well, usually for her friends or for her mother. 
But yeah, what's up with the lab that Rose was scurrying around in? Can you give us your impressions on that? There's some interesting technology that we've seen before. A purifying and transportalizing slash escapalizing. So, so that seems interesting. There is something it, it can predict all of the meteor strikes and all of that as well. Is is like the lab connected directly with Jade stuff? Is it connected to the stuff in the future with the mayor and PM? Probably the answer to everything is yes. The real question is, why was there a little girl's bedroom in this lab? That is the real question, isn't it? It was very, uh, it was very pink. Almost like a pony we've seen. Uh Uh-huh. There's some weird... I don't know whether to call them, again, time shenanigans. This is one of those stories where... I feel like I don't quite know everything that's possible yet, um, so I don't know what to suspect. But there's some things going on with time, obviously, especially with Jade. And there may be some things going on with memory? So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just wondering if that has something to do with it. Yeah, I'm not really at liberty to say. Yeah, oddly enough, I expected an answer of that nature. Although, I will ask you, when Rose was, like, making clones of these cats, Mm -hmm. what was up with that? Uh, it's difficult to say. Well, it seems like there's already been a cat clone maybe it like is the is the little vodka mutini a cat clone as well well she tried to she tried to uh, purify jaspers but that would have been a paradox so the purifier didn't let her and then jaspers was purified anyway by someone else and then turned up dead a week later with his suit all tattered with his suit all tattered. And there was a static the whole week where she couldn't even see where he went in the purifier. This may be nothing, though it probably isn't, but Rose has a, or at least had, now has again, a black cat, which clearly some things are going on with that she didn't know about, and then Jade has a white dog. I don't know what it means. That's certainly a thing. I don't know what it means. There's the white and black thing. It's the chess pieces again. Yeah, I'm just suspicious. You're suspicious of a lot of things, I've noticed. Um, rightfully so, I feel. Wouldn't you say? I mean, yes, but still. I see how it is. You don't even know why you're supposed to be suspicious yet. Exactly! So I'm just suspicious of everything just to cover my bases! I just feel like that's paranoia. Is it paranoia if it's justified? You know what? I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) I stand my ground. I think I have a right to be suspicious of everything. I mean, I mean, you do, but you can also enjoy the comic. Yeah, I mean, I am. I can freely admit it at this point. We're like 10 episodes in. I am enjoying the comic. I especially enjoyed this session, partly because it was pretty buck wild there, um, and partly because there were so many sound files and they were all so good. They were, there were at least six sound files. There were so many! Which one would you say is your, is your favorite sound file, Elizabeth? Because I have a favorite one out of this batch, but I want to know what your favorite is. I did, in terms of music, I really liked, well, they were all, they were actually all pretty good, but I really liked that last Jade one with oh with the bass with the bass and the extra arms Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good musical one as far as the things that were going on the page on that one Uh uh-huh what's prospect what is prospect 
well, I've heard that term before, before we actually started, and it's it's something to do, I think that it was on that test that you had me take, but I don't know what it means, is it the name of the- Remember, when we took that test, we determined, I am a prospect dreamer. You are a Durst streamer. We don't know what Durst is yet, but you are a Durst streamer. Apparently. She's taken the test. She's Durst. I'm Prospit. Liz Prospit. Elizabeth Durst. I don't know what any of that means. It means we have, like, a legitimately good balance of, like, character in this podcast. Oh, well, thank God. It'd be really awkward if we were both Prospit dreamers. That would be really awkward. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, I was worried because of all of the similarities, but as long as there is a personality balance and we both aren't Prospit dreamers, then it's all fine, isn't it? Actually, on the, uh... <laughs> This, we're recording this episode before I have finished the, the Act 3 artwork for the podcast, but I do have you in Durst Purple on the cover art for Act 3. Well... Because we get into some Prospit stuff. Purple. We saw a little bit of Prospit. What do you think of Prospit? Shiny? The Golden City that Jade's been hovering around and over its gold. It looks a lot like the city where we've seen John's dad. Very similar architectural design in some ways, and very similar art style. The particular art style for architectural uh, solid color things. Um... Elizabeth, let the artist talk. Let the artist tell yeah, me what I know. this is. Yeah, I know. I Yes, please do. Prospect is made up of uh, a technique called photo bashing, which is it's a it's a graphic design technique where you take a bunch of photos from real real life and you uh, manipulate them enough so that they are they can be incorporated into a drawing like this. It's a lot of how concept artists do concept art. That's how you see those um, really realistic looking artistic rendering of video games in, in concept art. That's photo bashing. It's basically just this, this technique that they use. What Andrew Hussey has done is he's taken a bunch of these photos of old cathedrals, it looks like, and he's, you know, photo bashed them into this planet. You can see if you look at just the whole head of the Prospect planet, it's the same texture that he's made, and it's been copied in a pentagram style. So you can see these five heads that this planet has. That's basically what he's doing. It's photo bashing. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, most people can do it if you, you know, dedicate a little bit of time to learning it. And it's, it makes it look really good. It's a very distinctive technique. The fact that he's using it for these different similar landscapes, I think was a very good idea because then it automatically, even I, who am only slowly but surely making my way through Homestuck, I've, I'm trying to connect some dots. Things like that help. The, the, thing, the thing is nice is that you can take one look at Prospect and because of the way he's you know, rendered Prospect, you can tell, oh, this is, this is some magic bullshit. <laughs> like, you, right. you can tell that right off the bat. You don't need any text to say, like, this is weird. You know it's weird. And I will point out that John's dad is in a place that looks very similar to this, but the architecture is purple. Yes. But that's, that's fun, huh? It's purple. <laughs> it's purple. But if that was your favorite sound file musically, did you have a favorite sound file visually or just plot-wise? I did really like the one with Rose. The cat one? Yeah, the cat one. <laughs> the cat one is really good. It's so good. It was, like, ridiculous and over the top. And it was very Rose. And I, I liked it a lot. I think the thing that sold it was just, like, the, the sad organ music and the very slow meowing. <laughs> the very slow meowing was... Meow. Meow. 
uh, as long as we're talking about artistic techniques, also very good. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. In, in a weird way, it almost reminded me of things like Over the Garden Wall, where it's just absurd enough to still work. Hey, Elizabeth, is Hopestock good? Uh, parts might be a little bit. Because I, I felt like this reading session, we were digging for treasure and eating the treasure. <laughs> we were, and like, it wasn't perfect. This may be more personal preference than anything, but we're working with a lot of different viewpoints at this point. And we are switching around between them so fast that I'm having a little bit of a hard time keeping up with that. But I think that's also, like, it sort of emphasizes the timeline weirdness. Like, when is everything happening? We can't really tell in some ways. So it's confusing, but at the same time, it does sort of highlight a particular part of the story. So I guess that's good, too. The original format, I sound so fucking gatekeepy right now. <laughs> In the original format of Homestuck, Andrasi used to update pretty frequently, like maybe once every... It was either once every day or like once every couple of days. It was really frequent updating. So what you would get is that you would get one of these updates and it would just be like a couple of pages of John. And then you'd wait the next day and an update would come up and then it'd be a couple of pages of Jade. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. Basically, when this was first read, you would be reading these in short bursts and not in hundred page binges like we've been doing them. It'd take way too long for us to make the reading sessions work like that. But that was how these were originally consumed. That's actually really fascinating. Because it's almost, you know, it's sort of a, a serial story. Let me be clear before I say this, I am not directly comparing Andrew Hussey to, for example, Charles Dickens. However, you need that same sort of context to figure out he's getting paid by the word. So, of course, he wrote these long-winded descriptions, and it's a similar need for context. Jesus. <laughs> no, you know you know what Homestuck is. I just realized it. Oh, I've just cracked the fucking code, Elizabeth. What? Please tell me. Elizabeth, Homestuck is a soap opera. Huh. Oh my gosh. Homestuck is days of our lives. It's been going on for all of this time. And there is a very, very loyal fan base for some reason to it and somehow it's still relevant after all of this time and they just keep stretching out the story to get more i don't actually know how soap operas work <laughs> <laughs> my my mom watches days of our lives like really closely no no you're right though these over-the-top character archetypes the weirdly pretentious and Ridiculous language. Homestuck isn't an anime, it's a daytime soap opera! Yes, you heard it here first, folks. When that gets big, when that theory gets big, know that we said it first. <laughs> Liz in particular said it first. That's a horrifying thought that's never gonna leave me, but yeah. So Elizabeth, we talked about your favorite sound files. I think it's only fair that I talk about my favorite sound files, but first... I think it's time mm -hmm. for us to get to a mini game that isn't Troll Jeopardy. That's a great idea. Let's go. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time for the best part of the podcast. It's the mini-episode mini-game, where we're going to try and not to play Troll Jeopardy. Don't worry, we will not play Troll Jeopardy this time. We are Troll jeopardy out. The options for games that aren't Troll Jeopardy are image description, music appreciation, true or false, and uh, Hussey's fixation. We are not going to play Troll Jeopardy, I swear. We are not 
so Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead and, you know, click on that randomizer and see what not Troll Jeopardy game you're going to get today. Let's see. And we're going to play True or False. True or False is a game where Elizabeth is given three statements about Homestuck's fan base or history and has to decide which of them are strange truths and which are fabrications made up by me. I think that this one was the one that sent me to hell last time, so this should be interesting. It absolutely should. Today's subject is on Andrew's friends. Mmm! Are you ready for your first statement, Elizabeth? Oh, and by the way, all of these statements could be true, all of them could be false, could be a mixture of either one. You'll never know until I tell you the answers. Yeah, so, you know, I'll know soon. I'm ready. The first statement, Toby Fox, one of Homestuck's most famous composers, coded an earthbound Halloween ROM hack in Andrew Hussey's basement. Is that true or false? True. Nope, that's false. That was a that was a trick question. Ugh. He actually coded part of Undertale while living in Andrew Hussey's basement. He made the earthbound ROM hack in college. That was just sneaky. <laughs> there, you took the things you knew I knew about Toby Fox and used them against me. Uh, you have to be smarter about that, Elizabeth. I know what I'm doing. Are you ready for your second fact or not fact? Yes. Andrew Hussey switched credit cards for a summer with Ryan North, creator of Dinosaur Comics and current writer of Marvel's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Is that true or false? False? Nope, that is absolutely true. The saga is detailed at thingsnorthbot.tumblr.com. How do you even switch credit cards with someone? It's actually a really funny read if you ever get the chance. Yeah, that's that's thingsnorthbot.tumblr.com. It's really funny. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. They switched credit cards for a summer. Yeah, I guess this is just something that people do. Yeah, Elizabeth, I, I don't know if I've told you this yet, but there there used to be this whole thing with this, like, secret rivalry between Ryan North and Andrew Hussey it was really weird. They're friends, but th it was just, like, an inside joke. It was it was pretty funny. Wow. But Ryan North is a Marvel writer now. It's crazy. Wow. Are you ready for your last statement, Elizabeth? Um, apparently not, but go ahead. Is this true or false? Andrew Hussey and Alex Jones... The guy from InfoWars are camping buddies. Is that true or false? I say this with every ounce of hope I have in my heart. Uh, false. Yep, that one is false. I made it up. Thank oh, God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I was gonna say, if that one was true and we spent like 15 minutes earlier this episode saying Andrew Hussey's not bad, I was gonna be upset. So, I am glad that that one is the one that I got right. Yeah, I, here's the thing, I, I did not, like, when I, when I wrote this specific section, I did not think it would come right after we figured out that Andrew Hussey was, like, a pretty okay dude. <laughs> I was really banking on the fact that you thought that Andrew Hussey actually thought the R word was a good word to use. Surprise! Surprise! I would have guessed false anyway, because, again, that answer just came from a very optimistic about the world place in my heart. A hopeful place. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, even though you did get that one question right, you got the other two questions wrong. So you lost this minigame pretty handily. And do you know what happens when you lose a minigame? I didn't lose last time, but it still happens, so... I'm beginning to see a pattern. I did also just purchase your prize during this recording. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Wait, and, and let me guess, my, my prize for today is that I get to read more Homestuck. More Homestuck! More Homestuck. Thanks, everybody. See you at the end of the episode. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the sound files that, that you liked. Yeah, 
there was one sound file that I really liked, and that was the one where... I, I'm gonna count these as the same sound file because they happen very close to each other, but I liked the ones where... A, John goes down into his father's room and discovers that he's just a boring businessman. <laughs> and he's having an emotional fucking breakdown over that. <laughs> and then the companion sound file that I really liked, the one where John figures out that Betty Crocker makes fruit gushers. <laughs> and I like this one not because of the music or because of the contents, but because of the names of the gusher flavors. Would you like to read some of those names for us, Liz? Yeah, because I have the book, I do have all of these names in very easily read screenshots. So I can see them pretty clearly. So we have Cool Fructose Monsoon, Kiwi Mango Colonic Rush, Wicked Watermelon Groin Injury, Mixed Berry Social Anxiety Disorder. <laughs> Neon Green Ectofacial Blast. Wild Cherry Apeshit Apocalypse. Ranch Dressing Rampage. And Jam and Sour Diabetic Coma. <laughs> and I think Andrew Hussey made up all of those so that he wouldn't have to suffer copyright for the real names, or actually, I don't think Hussey gives a shit about any copyright. No, I don't think so. I think he just did that because it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it is. John's just having a breakdown, which you said, according to the author's note, apparently mirrored Andrew Hussey's breakdown when he discovered that Betty Crocker makes Gushers. Andrew says the best thing about this revelation is that when I first introduced Gushers in HS in Hosek as a gag, I actually had no idea Betty Crocker made them. It was as mind-blowing to me as it was to John. It's so good, though. That's very good. This is also kind of a mild spoiler, but uh, but under the author's note of the sound file that I just read out, the author's note is mixed berry social anxiety disorder was discontinued as a flavor, but only because the condents ran out of that kind of troll blood. What? <laughs> it's it's a really funny joke if you know anything about the condents or anything about trolls. That's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, it's kind of a spoiler. You know what? Take it in stride, Elizabeth. Take it in stride and move on. Yeah, just take it in stride and move on. The sound file directly after the Fruit Gushers one, though, mm -hmm. was one where Jade is having a little strife with her dog, Beckworld. Mm-hmm. Or, or some people call him Beck, which is not Elizabeth's D&D &D character. I decided on that name completely separate from Homestuck, and it's spelled with a K at the end. So do not at me. I did not name a D&D character after a Homestuck character. I didn't. Unlike some people I could mention who named their bird after a Homestuck character. All I'm saying is that you, you have, you have a fearful warlock. Named Beck. Yes. Yes, I do. One of his many names. And it has nothing to do with Homestuck. I bet it doesn't. Anyway, so we have this sound file, and it is Jade playing with her dog with bullets, which is not something you should do with normal dogs. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on with this, Elizabeth? Ah, uh, not really there. I will take you through this a little slower. Please do, because it was a little bit yes. confusing, definitely. Mildly concerning, probably. So Jade gets into a strife with her dog. She shoots the dog in the head. Mm -hmm. the, the bullet dissolves in the dog. So she decides to shoot another bullet, and the Dog turns green, mm -hmm. and th they're both riding on a bullet together. They're both very small now, and the bullet is going across her island to a new piece of space, and then she shoots the dog again, 
and the dog turns into this map of the cosmos <laughs> and it engulfs the entire page. He's just moving around in space a lot. And after all that space travel, she shoots him and then he's like taking her into all of these different areas, cycling through a couple of places like the rooftop of Dave's apartment and the generator out behind Rose's house. A couple of places like that, the little girl's room in the laboratory, the the tire out in front of John's house, and then she plays fetch with the dog, the dog eats the bullet, she grabs the package, she gives the dog a steak, good dog, best friend, da-da-da-da-da, we all have fun together. What the fuck was up with that? Well, I can pretty definitively say that Beck is not ordinary dog. <laughs> what? Yes. Interesting thing I noticed about Beck, by the way, he does not have any eyes. I'll say that. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what's going on at all, but Jade doesn't seem surprised. Yeah. Yep, this is what happens when I shoot my dog with the rifle. I'm not gonna try and explain that at this moment. You know, just wanted to know if you had any sense of it. Nope. None. Okay. There was a lot of things that happened in this in this session that we did, so let's go through some things kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. The Peregrine Mendicant. What are your feelings on them? I like them, though not as much as the mayor, of course. That could never happen. I I like them, and I find their dedication to the male inspiring. Liberty, reason, justice, civility, edification, perfection, male. Male. I find them cute and non-threatening, and I'm really glad that the mayor and the peregrine mendicant are now kind of friends because I was really worried that they were going to be like bitter enemies and I was going to have to pick a side. But so far, at least, they seem fine with each other, especially in comparison to the figure whose name I can't remember who was shooting at them both. The one with caution tape all over yes, them. Yes, that one. Aimless renegade, that was. Aimless renegade. Yeah, all good names, all good names. Oh, I did want to ask you. Yeah. Jade's grandfather is not alive. He's stuffed and in front of the... Yes, this child lives on her own with a dog and a bunch of radioactive technology. That's safe. Uh, near a volcano. Can't forget that. The funny thing is, if you are if you are a listener and you are reading Homestuck along with us and you've read Homestuck before, you know who Jade's grandpa is. And this is exponentially funnier when you know who he is. What? Don't worry about it, Elizabeth. I'm talking I'm talking to the big kids over here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it. That's not important, though, except for the fact that I asked you about it. The important thing is, what did the cat whisper into Rose's ear? I don't know, but it was something very disturbing. How can a cat whisper? He whispered something in her ear, and then he dis- well, he did not disappear. He was a purified. But from Rose's point of view, he was de-purified. She was- she was very shocked at whatever he told her before- before being a purified and then washing up dead on the shore for her to find and probably to traumatize very tiny little young rose is so small she's so small i love her so teeny oh my gosh (laughs) she's so small i love the cat i love mutini yes yes yeah uh, John's dad and Spade Slick. What's going on with that? Well, Spade Slick. Who isn't Spade Slick? Oh, Jack Noir. <laughs> Jack Noir. I do like how John's dad just keeps breaking out of places and throwing imps out of windows and just generally making a nuisance of himself. He does lift the safe that he said in the letter that John would be able to lift when he has the man grit for it. <laughs> That was very good. John's dad must be ripped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna- we're gonna move past that statement you just said. 
No, he's being kept in some sort of prison. Is John's dad a DILF? Uh, and this figure is observing him on these fenestrated walls. Do you think John's dad is single? Are we really gonna have this conversation, Liz? <laughs> I'm just saying. Liz, I need you to answer. He has I a, need you to answer I'm, me no, that. No, no, I'm saying he has a good job. He practices in personal hygiene. He's very loving towards his son. He likes magic tricks. I don't see how that's not, like, a good person. He he does smoke, and he leaves his pipes around the house where his son can can get at them. No, I, I, I will say the tobacco is a turnoff for me. That's, that's, that's where I draw the line. This podcast was a mistake. <laughs> you, you laughed a lot at the, uh, the fourth wall joke with Jack Noir. That was very good. <laughs> it wasn't quite as good as the tab joke, but it was comparable. It was, it was nearly comparable. That was very good, I will admit. Liz accused me of, of not appreciating her puns, which, as everyone knows, the best reaction to, to any pun, especially good puns, is get out, that's terrible, how dare you. All I'm saying is that I have an entire character arc in D&D where all I do is puns, and I don't get any recognition for that. No. You don't, and you you won't. I can't encourage you. I'm because we're talking about this now. My D and D character's name is constantly Craps. Yep, it sure is. And she's beautiful. It sure is. We love her very much, despite her terrible name. She is a bastard. <laughs> just gonna get through the rest of the stuff we haven't covered just real quick. John's new modi. He got. More modus stuff. He did. He was very excited about that. He's got kind of a new Silidex, which is a hybrid of a couple of different types, which is kind of cool. It's it's very cool. I still like Dave's best, but I feel like this new modus is going to help John out, although he still can't figure it out. I did like when he filled an entire queue with shoes. Queue stack full of shoes. Just a whole stack full of shoes. Full of shoes. <laughs> and then other things. Jade's dream robot. Yeah. She is a robot that she controls while she's dreaming. Not sure if she's aware that she's dreaming. Because she seems confused about why she can't climb into bed and how, oh man, she never gets any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, she has some very interesting dreams, doesn't she? She does, indeed. Next, Rose is in a a powder keg with all the booze lying around. Mm-hmm. I hope she's okay. She's trying to stay safe, but her, her house is now on fire. John seems upset with Dave about not getting her out of there, which I appreciate. John's username used to be Ghostly Trickster before he changed it to Ectobiologist to try and shake off the trolls. Trolls! <laughs> John clearly believes that the trolls that Jade is talking about are just like internet trolls. You know, here's the thing. If you were if you didn't know that the trolls existed somehow, you you would think the same thing. Right. And you know some some annoying people bothering a friend of mine on an online chat and they refer to them as trolls like of course John thinks that they're just internet trolls. Because how is he to know that they're anything different? Although, also, Jade said she's been talking to them for years? Yeah, just keep a hold of that little fact. Yeah, I'm gonna. Another thing, John has drawings on his wall that have been there the whole time, but he, could only, he couldn't see them until right now, somehow, and he thought the imps made them. Mm-hmm. Something's going on there, and... Chuckle voodoo. Yeah. Chuckle voodoo. Yeah, that, it's, it's an interesting thing that's, that's happened that is so far inexplicable, as is the case with many of these things, but all will be revealed, both to me and to John, who is quite upset 
those posters were like his children. Two more quick things. PM, when they first run into WV, does try to pull out their sword. <laughs> yes, they did put their hand on their sword. They did not pull it out. It's fine. WV is fine. I just wanted to point that out because that specific shot of PM going for the sword gets used a lot. <laughs> oh, I'll have to keep an eye out for it. And then finally, Elizabeth, the last thing I want to talk about before we leave today. This reading session was chock full of a lot of things, so we did have to go over a lot of things at the end there. But on page 1024, John... Oh, no, wait. Wait, first off... John got a little business suit, and he was very excited about it. He's a little business boy, and he's so happy. He's very happy about it. The business boy. But finally, he made, on page 1024, I think we need to stop and acknowledge the bunny sassaker fedora I just made. We do need to stop and acknowledge that, because it is perhaps the most fantastic piece of headgear I've ever seen. And John should be praised for his creativity, uh, especially when he's so distracted by Rose's therapifying. Yeah, that was a lot of therapy. <laughs> My bird is starting to really get mad that he's not in bed right now. So sorry if you guys hear that. But anyway, that's gonna be all the homestuck we have for today. We read through pages 892 through 1047. And if you're reading along with us, you can do that at homestuck.com. And if you need accessible versions, they're uh, linked on our blog, the version with image descriptions, or rather the Google Docs with all of the image descriptions and an audiobook version. And if you need episode transcriptions for this podcast, you can also find them on the Tumblr at lookhowsane.tumblr.com. Please contact us on our Twitter account if you, you know, want to send in any images for the image description game, anything like that. Or if you just have questions about the podcast, um, Liz runs that Twitter at how underscore same. And I don't see the stuff on there. If your post, if your tweet has any spoilers, uh, Liz will see it and like it and not retweet it because I may not run the Twitter account, but I definitely follow it. Thanks to John Michael for doing our music. That is Elizabeth's brother. Yes, not a Max. His name is not Max. That would be one coincidence too many. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate any and all types of feedback. Especially if it has to do with you enjoying the podcast, um, because we sure enjoy making it. And until next time, uh, remember... Riska did nothing wrong. According to these author's notes, she did do one thing wrong. Yeah, but we know Hussie's bias. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>